0: Um, Okay, so we're going to be in this second week of our series. I'm going to tell you up front we're going to be in Colossians and Hebrews and Romans and Ephesians today. So if you have your Bibles and you want to go ahead and kind of put your finger in those places Colossians, Hebrews, Romans, and Ephesians um, in that order. So so we're in the season of Advent, the video that you just saw set that up, the reading that Steve and Micah shared with us, it's kind of bringing us into this season of expectancy, of wanting God to, to, um, recognizing that we need a Savior, and so we're in this second week. Last week, as we introduced the Advent season to you, we talked about um, light in the darkness, that there is a darkness that is around us. And, um, and I talked about in regard to not just really the, the physical darkness, but like a darkness of our soul. And I shared a couple of statistics with you, which I told you last week too. Uh, I think they're kind of low because it's, you just roll with what's reported. Now I, I think a lot of people don't talk about this. But that around 20% of people say that they're more depressed this year than last year. Um, So in the last 365 days, people are more depressed than they were last year. The other statistic that I I read was that um, 51% of the people that were surveyed said that they have in their family experienced a mental health crisis in the past year. So over half of the families surveyed said they had. So again, I think that's a, a low stat, but, but we've talked about this this darkness. There's this darkness. And here's the thing, and I didn't mention it last week, but it, it leads right into where we're going this morning. At, like our eyes, you know, like w- with our eyes, what happens is, and, and you, you guys are all smarter than me, so I'm not going to tell you something you don't know, but um, with our eyes, we have these these photoreceptors, right? We call them rods. And and they seek out light, and they work with the light. And no matter if it's a a whole lot of light, then they adjust. And if it's not very much light, they adjust. But they work with the light so that we are able to see. This is what our eyes do. And so like our eyes, uh, when when the lights go out or when the lights are dim, when there is darkness around us, these rods, um, they're, they're so light sensitive that they start looking for light right? Seeking out, trying to bring in as much, even the tiniest amount of light so that they'll be able to see, see images. And so like our eyes, something very similar happens in our spirit. Something similar happens in our spirit when we are surrounded with a darkness. When there when there is, as the reading we heard this morning, when there is worry and stress, Justin talked about this time of year, it's kind of up and down. Like one day you're super excited about Christmas and the next day you're like, oh, there's so much and there's so, all oh, this is going on. And it's almost like you feel the pressure of you're supposed to be joyful and happy and excited and everything, but then there's so much going on that it weighs upon you, right? And And that can feel a little bit like a darkness. And there's the whole you know, seasonal, uh, what, sad, seasonal affective disorder, you know, when it's darker earlier. And, you know, the statistics on, on depression and anxiety skyrocket around Christmas and New Year's and all that stuff, right? So our eyes, point that I'm trying to make, um, how they seek out light even when it gets darker, I think that goes on in our spirit. When, there, when darkness starts to prevail, when things are happening around us or inside of us, that are are darker, right? There's a dimness to it all, anxiety and distress and all those things. We are so light sensitive, because we were created that way, like our photoreceptors, that our spirit searches for, and and it longs for, and it desires peace. We just want peace. Oh God, can I just have some peace? peace. Now, the Hebrew word for peace, many of you know this word, is shalom, shalom. And shalom does not mean just on its own. It doesn't, I guess, only mean the absence of, uh, you know, stress or distress or anxiety or worry. That's not what shalom, it doesn't mean just no, there's none of that. What shalom means, is not so much about an absence as it is about a presence what shalom means is it's the presence of the entirety. It's the, uh, the presence of wholeness, of, of completeness, of soundness. I love this. Complete harmony. It's how it's supposed to be and rest in the human spirit. Shalom. I mean, and, and just think about it. Friends, think about how we are. I, I don't know if it's you call it the tiny voice or the nagging thing or whatever it is. But how many of us are going, I I want to, I would love to experience shalom, but it seems like it's always just out of reach, or something occurs, or something happens, and then it's like, bam, no shalom, no peace. And, And it's like those photoreceptors, it's like those rods in our eyes, like we were made for light. And so when it gets a little dark, we're like, oh no, I need light. Where's the light? I need the light. And, and this, is the, this is the piece that we're talking about today. What I love about this definition of shalom is that it's, it's experiential, right? It's not like concept, you know, like, oh, you know, when, when people greet each other, when, when the Hebrew people greet each other and they offer shalom to each other, it's not like we would be like, hey, <laughs> Hi. No, it is like a may the Lord's peace be with you and upon you and in you completely. Right? So it's not just a hi there. It's it's, it's all-encompassing, which is what that definition says. Now, I think in, if, too, we, you see that rest and harmony, soundness, wholeness in the human spirit, that's important for us to note as we think about peace because... This peace, shalom. It it primarily does not refer to external conditions, external conditions, things going on around us. See here. Here's what we do. We talk about happiness, or we talk about unhappiness, right? We talk about what makes us happy, what brings us happiness, and the root word right there for happiness. It's the word happy. Uh, it's also the root word that we find about things that are happening, okay? We're happy because of what's happening. We're unhappy because of what's happening, right? They're all together. This is, this is kind of how we view peace and how we function in peace and how we, have, how we look at just the world in general, how we look at our lives and how, we're, how, how are you doing? Well, based on the happenings, I'm either happy or I'm unhappy. That's kind of where we are. Happenings, happiness, circumstances, but see, peace, shalom is about the supernatural. Peace is about supernatural. It's spiritual. It's not conditional, and it's certainly not circumstantial. Peace is not circumstantial. And so, and I want to say this. Um, I think often what we want is maybe for God to swoop in and change circumstances, um, maybe to come in and 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 and. I don't know, show up in a big way. And the good thing about that is that uh, God does do that. Like, that's not always wrong to, w- for, to hope for that, to pray for that. Oh, God, would you come in and change this circumstance? Oh, God, would you come in and change this event that is happening? That's not a bad thing to pray for. But, but, God is much more interested in changing you than he is in changing your circumstances. We're talking about peace. We're talking about peace. So if this, is like, if this is like pinging with you, going, yes, I need some peace, but the only answer to your peace is if God would just change my circumstance, I want you to know, I want you to hear today, I want you to walk away with this truth, is that God is much more interested in changing you in working in you than he is in working in the circumstances. He's much more interested in instilling peace within you than he is in changing the happenings going on around you. Can he do that? Yes, more than capable and nothing can stop him. But he's more interested in what's going on in you. God desires for you to walk in shalom, in peace. He, he desires for you to have that, that wholeness, most especially when the circumstances and the happenings are rattling and shaking all around you. That's most definitely when he wants that peace to be uh, real and alive and and active in your life, for you to have it no matter what. And so Jesus, and we think about the Advent candle and the reading and the, the series we're calling Christmas Lights, Jesus is the light in the darkened world, and He's the deliverer of peace in this world, and He and He does this starts through His birth, through His life, through His death, and through His resurrection. We'll share communion together in just a few moments, and this is all one connected picture. So even in communion, though, the language might be on death and, 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 uh, and, and the blood poured out and the body broken, and, and you, no one wants to have those thoughts and connect it to infant, birth, Christ, the babe. But it's all connected. It's all connected. So, I guess this would be the, uh, if you can admit if you're able to admit that peace is something that has been um, eluding you, like, like I said, like it's kind of out of reach, like you know you want it, like you're, you're searching for it, you really desire it, there seems to be so much going on and like peace would be wonderful. If you, if you can admit that, if you, if you go, yeah, that's lacking in my life right now, I want you to hear this truth, hear this real peace real peace real shalom true peace it's not about your circumstances it is not about your happenings and i know some of the circumstances and happenings are not good for some of you right now i know that i know they're heartbreaking and they could they're sad they're scary i know that but true peace and real peace it is not it does not change or, or increase or you don't get more of it or less of it based on circumstances or happening. Shalom is not about the external goings-on. Real peace, true peace comes from God through Jesus Christ and through him alone. Peace. So think of it like this. Like, as light is to darkness... As light affects darkness, peace is to worry and anxiety and stress and fear. That's what God's peace does. See, the, the world, and we're going to jump into Colossians here in just a moment, but the world that you and I inhabit, okay, the world that you and I live as beautiful as it can seem, because it's, it's amazing and God created it, but... Um, <laughs> Okay, so have you ever? Maybe you have or haven't. If you're, if you've been a student or a teacher, you've been done. You've done this. Like, let's say you had to photocopy something. I don't know. Maybe it's some couple pages from a, the textbook, right? And then um, that gets handed down, and then that photocopy ends up getting photocopied, and then that photocopy gets photocopied, and on and on. Before you know it, you've got like a really bad copy. If you end up getting like the fourth or fifth, is that you know? Or like you screenshot something, and and I've done this before with Josh, and he's like, oh. Oh, poor Shannon, sweet Shannon, you know, non-techie Shannon. But I'll be like, screenshot, like, hey, Josh, this is great. You want to use this? And he's like, Shannon, if I put that up on the screen, it will be so pixelated and blown out, and, and it will not look good. Well, that's like the world that you and I are living in. We are not living in a world right now that was, that was, cre- that was what it was when it was created. We are in like the photocopied, photocopied, photocopy version Right, the, the, the so pixelated you don't even really know what you're looking at anymore version of the original, of how God intended it to be. See, what was, what was perfection in the beginning? Absolute perfection, divine perfection. I'm still talking about peace here. What was absolute perfection? Once sin entered into the picture, then it was, it was shattered into a million pieces. Once, once sin came into there, it was seemingly fractured forever. It seemed like that. It appeared to be unable to be, to be put back together again. A couple of examples. Relationship between humanity and God was ripped apart by sin. It was in a state of perfection, and it got ripped apart. It was in a state of shalom, peace. And when sin came in, that got torn up. Um The earth itself, like the earth, it was created to worship God in its very existence, created to worship God. And then, because sin, now it's uh, like it brings forth harshness to us, uh, the inhabitants of this place. Hatred fills hearts that were created to love because of sin so this is like the breakdown this is the breakdown of what it was originally meant to be peace shalom was the original intent and yet it's been broken down darkness envelops light It, it it pushes against it and peace becomes absent and this is the world that was existing before the advent like before jesus came this was the world they were living in that's the reality of that world no peace no communion with God and in all these things and I want to make this point very clear in all those things the brokenness the bad photocopies the pixelization is that a word I don't know um, but in all of that right in disruption and in chaos and in disharmony, disharmony all of that our enemy Satan rejoices We have an enemy who rejoices in the lack of peace in our life. See, The enemy can't steal your salvation. (laughs) The enemy can't take that away from you, but he can sure steal your peace. But even in the void of peace, even in that, even in the darkness of the world, all around it, The creator, God, still desired, in spite of us, to reconcile this divine relationship, how it was supposed to be. He wants to reconcile this relationship. He wants to make peace with his creation. And this is what Colossians chapter 1 tells us. Verse 19. For God, in all of his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ. Not a bad photocopy. The original. The original. And through him, God, through Jesus, God, what did he do? He reconciles everything to himself. There was no shalom. And he has now made it possible through Jesus. Everything was reconciled. All the brokenness, all the chaos, all the disharmony has been reconciled to himself. He made, what does it say? He made what? Peace. He made peace with everything. Peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. So it starts with the birth of Jesus, but it ends with his death and resurrection. But all of this is to restore what was originally intended to be. He made peace. Here's how Eugene Peterson in the message says this in, in Colossians chapter 1, uh, in verse 20. I love the language here. It says, all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together. In vibrant harmonies peace all because of his death his blood poured down from the cross all the broken pieces all the dislocated pieces of the universe all that the brokenness the anxiousness all the worry that's happened all of these things combined it creates a picture that looks absolutely nothing like peace nothing like peace but all of these things are properly fixed and put back together because of God working through Jesus. This is what Hebrews chapter 2 says, uh, starting in verse 14. Hebrews two fourteen, Because God's children are human beings made out of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. So he's not a, a, a photocopy of God. He is God in the flesh, but he is in the flesh like you and me. And it explains why. For only as a human being could he die. He couldn't die as God, but in the flesh like you and I, he can die And only as a human being could he die. And listen to this. Only by dying could he break the power of the devil, of the enemy who wants us to not function in shalom peace, who wants us to to be overwhelmed by the chaos and the disharmony of the world around us and the circumstances and the happenings. And for us to always just be going, oh, if if I could just fix that and fix that and fix this and someone else could come in and take care of that and that, then everything will be all right. And we never think about how our relationship with God what's going on internally, that's what he would prefer, for us to be distracted. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil. That power that came in at the beginning and disrupted the perfection. Because it says there, the power of the devil who had the power of death. And in verse 15, only in this way could he, Jesus, only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as, as slaves to the fear of dying. Jesus became flesh and blood. Flesh and blood. That's what incarnation means. That's what the incarnation means. It means in the C.S. Lewis uh, said this um, in his book, Miracles. He said, God descends to reascend. So he came down, so he would go back up. He comes down, down from the heights of absolute being and comes down into time and space, down into humanity. But, but, he goes down to come up again and bring the ruined world, ruined world up with him. To bring shalom, to bring peace where there was none before. Jesus brings the, the ruined, unpeaceful world up with him. And this is the foundational springboard for faith. It starts right there. That's where it starts, where the infinite becomes an infant. The light, the light of peace for the world. Because what what transpires, why we have a symbol of execution as as a symbol for the faith that we profess as Christians is that a wrath-averting sacrifice took place. It was made. Jesus made peace, shalom, with God in our place. And, and, And the reason that had to happen is because God had his back to us. His back was turned to us. We were broken, we were chaos, there was sin, it abounded everywhere. We were more concerned about ourselves than we were about anyone else. And his back was to us because we were not good, we were not holy, we were were not without sin. But because of Jesus, who made peace with God for us, God turned back around and faced us. God faces you. He faces you with, with promise. He faces you with, with forgiveness. He faces you with this. His back is not turned towards you. The problem we live in now is that many of us, our back is turned towards God. Our back is to him. And repentance, that's a good churchy word. It means turning around. It means turning around. So if you sense that your back is turned towards God, then turn around and face him because he is facing you. Repentance is turning around. It is, it is accepting and living into that peace that God offers to us. Are you at peace with God? Are you at peace with God right now, today? This is what Romans chapter 5 says in verse 1. Since we have been made right in God's sight by faith. Okay, that's the work of Jesus. That's all all right there in that sentence. That's what that's talking about. Since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. We have peace. And so as we make our way to the communion table in just a few moments. And, and I'll ask the band to go ahead and come back and, and be in place because I love the the fullness of, of music during this time of communion. I want you to hear this. See if these words describe you. See if the words I'm about to read to you from Ephesians chapter 2, if if, if they might describe your current state, uh, the state of your mind or the, the state of your heart, maybe the state of your spirit, perhaps these words from, from the scriptures describe who maybe you used to be. And, and you, you should praise God for that because of his, for his work in your life. Listen to what uh, Ephesians 2 says, starting in verse 12. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. That's not shalom, friends. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel. Those, God's chosen people. There was exclusion because they were not living in this. And you did not know the covenant promises of God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. Verse 13. But now, you have been united with Christ Jesus. Now, I want, I, want to, I want you to hear this. For those who aren't sure today, today can be the day. If you're not sure, if you have been united with Christ Jesus, today can be the day that you are certain that you're united with Jesus. Once you were far away from God. So if you're still far away from him, or uncertain this is how a way has been made for you to have peace with God here it is but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ Jesus born lived died as a sacrifice for your sins rose again that's a peaceful result for you and for me first part of verse 14 for christ himself has brought peace to us peace to us nothing else no one else no other person no other situation no other circumstance no no bank balance or career relationship or anything else will bring peace shalom to you the only thing is jesus christ that's it Verse 17 says, he brought this good news of peace to you who were far away from him and peace to those who were near. And now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. Jesus has made shalom, peace possible. And so would you let today be that day? Would you would you let that this be the day that you embrace the peace of God? Or you embrace the peace of God through Jesus again. So as the con- cons- uh, I can't read. As the communion servers come to prepare, would you um would you take this posture of prayer with prayer and expectation? You are our shalom, you are our peace. And though our world may lack peace, you never do. And though our circumstances may be anything but peaceful in this moment, our true peace is found in you. Lord, would you forgive us for expecting peace from anyone or anything other than you? Father of peace, for those who are unsure if they have ever truly known your peace, would this day be the day that they kneel at the cross and surrender to you? And for those of us who have wavered and waffled and between trusting you and, and trying to control our own lives, and it's just left us without your shalom, without your peace, would we surrender? at your cross this morning as well. Lord, we thank you for the birth of Jesus. And we declare the victory of Jesus over sin by his death and resurrection. And as we turn to the communion table now,